everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 673 with our review of Pig. I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest films coming to a streaming platform near you. Um, this week, we're talking about a film that you can rent that just came out that is only six ninety nine to rent on Hell yeah. most streaming platforms. Can you imagine? <laughs> it is amazing. I think you can buy it for not that much more. For some reason, I bought it. I was just like, maybe I'll want to watch it a second time. I, which which might be true. I mean, you might want to. Um, I definitely yeah, like we'll if it's within a few. If it, if it's in with like within two dollars, I always buy it for sure. Like you sent mm-hmm. me that comedy special, and it was like rent for four ninety nine or buy for five ninety nine. I was like, I guess I'm just gonna buy it. Oh yeah, I definitely bought the Rory special. <laughs> um, but yeah, we are here talking about this film. I think this film's been getting uh, you know a bit of buzz. Uh, I think. I, I really hadn't heard anything other there was other than there was a movie that had Nicolas Cage in it, and it was called Pig, and my mind went to a lot of places. <laughs> right. And when you said that it was getting a lot of buzz, I was like, "Is it now?" <laughs> like I, I thought for sure it was it was getting buzz in like all the wrong ways, or you know the kind of ways that you might want to go see like a crazier movie. And then you were like, "No, right. I think it's like getting like people go to it to see it." Because it's Nick Cage and there's a pig in it, and then what they get is a film that might draw them in more than what they were expecting. Um, so I was definitely game. Um, yeah, do you want to talk a little bit about like what you'd heard and like why you were excited to see it? Yeah, so I did. I, I tried to mostly avoid any details of the movie, but definitely the um, the sort of people I follow who were praising this movie, they were not praising it in the way that you would praise like Color Out of Space or whatever. These like psychedelic violent Nick Cage movies that have been yeah. happening in recent years, uh, which there are people who love that, right? You know, th- those that is not considered terrible Nick Cage the way a lot of the B movies are, but still it is a choice. Like you can tell when people are praising that kind of movie, they talk about like, all right, it's pretty wacky, but <laughs> I got to say this movie was rad. Um, the discourse around pig was very much like, wow, I am shocked at how good that movie was. Like, like there were many people who seemed genuinely surprised. Yeah. And that was enough for me of like, okay, you were genuinely surprised about the movie of Nicolas Cage as John Wick going after his truffle pig. <laughs> I mean, like, tell me. So I tried to avoid, like, I didn't know where it was set. I didn't know what decade it was set in. Like, I knew very little about the movie, right. but I had heard enough positive buzz. So you didn't even watch the trailer, I must have seen a teaser at least because I remember him whistling and the pig coming to oh, yeah, eat yeah. with him. But I don't remember anything that would have indicated like the. I, I mean, we can. It isn't a spoiler. Like Portland is in this movie. Like I don't remember Portland being in the movie or yeah. the modern day food scene necessarily being in the movie. <laughs> so you didn't from remember Alex Wolf's car? <laughs> yeah, I don't remember his car. <laughs> okay. I don't know what I saw. Maybe my memory is just really bad. But yeah, I, I didn't hear a lot of specific buzz. I just knew people loved it. Yeah, you might have seen one of those like animated banners on on like IMDb or something, and like in your head mm. you, that you converted that into full trailer or something. Yeah, I believe it. Cool. Um, well, Stephen, are you ready to figure out if this film lives up to the hype? Oh, oh are you going to do an impromptu review of Prisoners of Ghostland? Didn't you see that one at a festival? <laughs> <It's>, it. <laughs> 
This is the one where he had like explosives in his testicles and around his neck and on his hands or whatever. I, I think it was a Sundance one this year with Nicolas Cage that I did not watch, but I think you did. I was going to bring it up, but I couldn't remember the name of the film. And like you said, Prisoners of Ghost, and I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? I was like, oh, he's talking about the thing I almost talked about. Um, I did not finish that movie. Okay. <laughs> that was one of those times where I was like, it's one of 16 movies I'm cramming into like three days. And I said... Nah, you know what? I think I got everything that I'm going to get out of this movie, and I just bailed okay. out of it. Um, Pig, I did watch all the way through. Cool. <laughs> so we could do this review right. I'm glad. That's a rave review right there. <laughs> um, but yeah, so what do you say we get into this review, Stephen? Let's do it. We're going to take a listen to the trailer for Pig, and then we're going to come back and give you a review. for a truffle pig someone stole her i don't understand tell me you are you made the right choice being out there in the woods there's nothing here for you anymore there's really nothing here for most of us buy yourself a new pig So that was the trailer for Pig. Um, it is the story of a once prolific uh, chef in the Portland area who now has um, sort of retired to the woods where he lives out his days making food for just himself and his lovely little truffle pig um, until one day when somebody takes that pig and he has to go on a, a little mission to try to get his pig back. Stephen Miller, what did you think of Pig? First of all, I want to say I definitely didn't watch the trailer because I am annoyed at how many good lines that trailer gives away. Even though I think the way the trailer is structured, you would not receive them as good lines the way that they hit in the actual movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
but I'm glad I hadn't seen it because some of those were like the quotes I had jotted down while watching this movie to remember. Um, I loved Pig. I like I watched it kind of as a scavenging expedition and then texted you after and was like, yo, I think I think this is a movie we should talk about. Yeah. Um, like, however you feel about it, and I, I'm curious how you'll feel about it, it is certainly not the typical Nick Cage vehicle that you were expecting. It is definitely doing something different. Um, I know everyone says this about everything from, like, WandaVision to, like, I don't know, probably Ted Lasso or shit, but, like, Pig is definitely a movie about grief. Like, 100%. It is a movie about grief, about coming, <laughs> about just, coming to I'm terms. I'm so upset with you just throwing shade at Ted Lasso because you haven't watched it yet. <laughs> I'm just saying everything in the cultural discourse now, people say it's about grief. That just is like the go-to statement. Um, But this movie is very much about coming to terms with your past, about the things you maybe don't want to escape from, about how you relate to memory. It is a lot about sense memory, about how certain things bring you back to a particular moment. And it's also kind of like... Two of my favorite movies from last year, um, Sound of Metal and Nomadland, and it's very much about like embracing the present, embracing the stillness, being okay to just let life be at you. And I think there's something I really just loved about the feeling of this movie, of Nick Cage is this very, very, very direct person. He like just says what he means, he has like few social graces. He is covered in blood at the beginning of this movie and he never wipes it off like the yeah. whole time. Like he is ridiculously direct. And yet he's also this guy who is just this vehicle for like you only get a few things to really care about, what you care about. Let's cut through the bullshit. And I think there was just something like that I found very, very, very moving about this movie. Um it's also a movie about Nicolas Cage going on a mission to find his truffle pig. And it's <laughs> fucking weird. Um, there is a world built in this movie or like a world vaguely built in the side. Yeah. Of Portland cooking. Yeah. There are things that we see that are like, well, I could definitely watch a movie just to learn what that is about, but we're not even going to deal with it. We're just going to have a scene and then move on. And I, I, I loved it. Like it is, even though I wanted to review this movie, it's hard to really talk about because it like the movie is much more about the feeling of the movie than I think it is about like plot points that happen in the movie. But I just thought it was like so beautifully well-made. I love the opening bits that I, I mentioned to you before feel like first cow, like a landscape that he's just in him and his pig living out in the forest finding truffles, cooking him, having this like joy in cooking the perfect dish, a mushroom, a truffle tart that like we can't really even see, but you know, it tastes delicious anyway. Um, I loved when like Alex Wolf comes into the picture and we kind of get like the real world juxtaposed against this crazy guy in the woods. Um, The moment he gets to Portland and it becomes so much more about him, like, visiting his old haunts and about us piecing together who he used to be and what he meant to different people. Um, anytime food becomes a factor as it does like very importantly at kind of the like major climax of the movie, it's just beautiful. Like I, 
I cried watching people cook food in this movie. Um, like ugly cried, not like the, oh, I'm sitting alone and I felt like a little misty. I was just like legitimately crying uh, while somebody butchered a squab. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I will get to it. I cried when somebody ate that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was, yeah. the, the whole scene, everything about it is just yeah. beautiful. Um, like there's a act- Bruce Springsteen cover in the movie <laughs> that made me cry. Um, <laughs> you are a sucker for those. <laughs> I, re- I really am. Um, it, they definitely did a... No, I won't. I'm, I, I won't spoil it. Uh, just forget I... There, there was that movie, like, Tumble, whatever, that you made me see Oh, yeah, yeah. Before. Tumble, tumble Down? Tumble? Yeah, Tumble, yeah, tumble down. down. Yeah, they pulled the Tumble Down, um, and it worked. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... I Like, I don't know. This movie just so confidently, like, weaves through this kind of dreamlike world where nothing should really make sense but it is so grounded in nicholas cage's like sadness and the things that he's carrying with him and how he just desires to like have peace and do one thing that he loves doing and it the whole movie just feels so meaningful around him um there's a scene in a hipster restaurant that wikipedia insists was called Eurydice, and it definitely isn't it starts with an f but wikipedia is just like lying to me repeatedly <laughs> um, well you own the anyway, movie you can go back and and find it yeah right? I'll, I'll go back afterwards and correct it um but where he like deals with kind of modern cooking deconstructed scallops on an emulsion of something and just the the conversations he has in that scene um can i ask you a foodie question sure so if you have a deconstructed burrito right it means like all the constituent parts of the burrito, like you'd have the meat over here and then you'd have like, you know, the pico over here. Like it, it's just like all the ingredients separated, right? That's what deconstructed yeah. means, right? How do you deconstruct scallops? Because those are already self-contained. I have, no <laughs> I have no idea. And I don't think the chef in this movie knows how you deconstruct <laughs> scallops. I almost want to think that was like a little foodie in joke or whatever because it's like a meaningless idea but i could be crazy maybe you like dry a scallop and have a scallop powder and then you juice it and put that in a marshmallow and now you (laughs) You make a scallop powder paste and then form it into the shape of a scallop that's that's a a d and then reconstruct yeah reconstructed scallops (laughs) exactly very very different like the thing is i i found that scene like very funny and kind of biting and also weeks ago i ate a lazy bear which felt a lot like that and i loved it so like i'm, yeah. I'm a sucker for the same thing i'm making fun of but um, also you're making fun of the people who served you that food not the people eating right. it <laughs> yeah no i the, was i was above it <laughs> yeah the, the real sin is like if you want to make that if you genuinely want to make that food then you should because that is what you want to do but this film is saying that if if you really want to make burgers at this gastropub that is what you should actually do so so yep. there's not a problem consuming that food if that's what you really want to do yeah or making it if it's what yeah. you really want to do it's just today's journey begins with a scallop that is probably a kind of fake thing that nick cage isn't down for um, <laughs> yeah, yeah but i did I'm just going to let you say what you thought about the movie. I I loved it and I can't really explain it, but it just moved me many times and I was so glad that I watched it. Yeah. So I think this film is, I think this film isn't about what it is 
and it is about what it isn't. <laughs> um, this, this is a film where it's like, in theory, this film is John Wick, right? Right. John Wick, if it wasn't this violent murderer and instead like a really, really proficient, proficient chef who was really, really well known before he sort of uh, went back into uh, the woods and decided to live on his own and try to get away from the people. I mean, it's like it's like down from the, from the sake of... I mean, if I can compare it to another Keanu Reeves film, it's also a little bit like Constantine. If Nicolas Cage is Constantine and uh, Alex Wolf is Shia LaBeouf's character, where he mm-hmm. he knows this guy is like a big deal and he's just constantly following around and he's like trying to take him on this adventure to the city to go into this underbelly and kind of see all this stuff. That is sort of the premise of this film. That is what you're watching. That is the beats you're hitting. But none of that is what this movie is actually about. As Stephen has already said, um, this film is about grief. It's about memory. It's about the way you tie things that you do, things that you eat to these different moments in time and how much any one of those moments can mean to you at any one given time. And I think that for me, this film was intriguing all the way through, but... When this film becomes Ratatouille is when this film really solidified for me as being like a brilliant film. And that's when I started weaving <laughs> where mm-hmm. it's like to me, I think that, you know, there, there are there are a few different films I've seen over the course of, you know, doing the podcast and like, you know, watching films where it's like a f- the film itself is nice and is a journey and you're watching things that are interesting but what it really comes down to is the final actions that a character does or takes or sees and you experiencing the entire thing that you've gone through to this moment blossoms into what you're actually paying attention to and like it becomes a thing like so for instance two films that are in the same bucket because they're from the same creators and have the same star, but like another earth and sound of my voice are two Mm -hmm. films where like you can watch it and they're interesting the whole time through. But when that film clicks is right at the end, when you see a thing in another earth or you see a thing in a a sound of my voice where like it, it's the payoff for everything that you've been watching. It, It becomes like the thesis for the film. And you're like, man, this is fucking beautiful. <laughs> and it really hits you and you're like, shit, like this, like, cause as you said, like there's a lot of lines in the trailer, which relate to scenes where important things are being thought about. And then the trailer, they don't have the same weight as you understand in the context within the greater narrative of what you're watching. And it's just like sitting down to watch this story that is like a, 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 a nonviolent John wick and have it morph into this, like, story about what it means to be alive and like any moment that you have uh that is the most important thing to you or even people around you what is tied to that moment and what it means to have been an outsider as part of that moment and like there's like a lot more happening in this film than is just surface level. And I'm not even going to pretend to understand or pick up on all of it, but it definitely, it's like, there's always every interact, every time Nicholas Cage sits at a table and talks to somebody, pay attention because yeah. you could write a whole paper on just that conversation that happens. And I think, yeah, that, well, and he like changes the people that he talks to, which is an interesting yeah. thing in the movie. It's kind of like, it is Nicholas Cage going after his pig and in the process revealing something about everyone that he meets. But it, it, it's just a, 
Yeah, every scene of dialogue just has so much happening underneath it. I'm also not smart enough to understand it. I, I just can feel that it matters. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that's, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, this film is not, it's it's not, there's no one thing in this film that makes you walk away from it and go like, man, that was fucking great. It's just the overall feeling you get. It, it was, so, um, so, so Jamie fell asleep while I was watching this movie and like, it was done and she sort of like half woke up and I just told her what happened in the film. Like while I'm like wiping tears out of my eyes mm-hmm. and she was like, that's it. <laughs> like on paper, the events chronologically don't mean a damn thing. Right. right. Like you're like, why did I even watch this movie? But in the context of the life, the character is led and the world that you're inhabiting and the people whose lives have been touched without even them knowing it, it like all has this weight that you'll never communicate unless you had observed it through the eyes of the people who are there. And I think that like this, it's, this film is like doing a magic trick that makes it really, really impressive. But also I could imagine somebody watching this movie and just hating it. Um, right. But it's like, this is the, I don't know. It, it's, it's, as I said, it's doing a magic trick and I, and I really appreciate what that trick has done. Yeah, it's definitely doing a magic trick. And I think the movie, it feels the same way that it's like, it is what it's about. Like, it feels the way it means where like, it me it's all about sense memories and how like certain things just tie you to a particular emotion or make you they recall things or they trigger feelings inside of you that you kind of forgot you had. And the movie flows that way where it's just like, it knows that the perfect little moment, even when you try to explain it later and it won't translate at all, will just like hit you in the gut. And I feel like yeah. it, I, I'm having trouble verbalizing it, but I feel like an interesting thing about the movie is like by living in the present, by like savoring things, the characters are drawing meaning for what the thing represents. Like they eat a meal and they're fully experiencing and loving the meal. And that makes them remember what that meal is a metaphor for. Or they're hunting, they're looking after a lost pig and they love the pig and they have so many feelings for it. And it isn't that the pig is just like a symbol. It's like by loving the pig, he is loving someone else or paying homage to someone else. And it's like, I feel like there's just something interesting there where like everyone is so present and in the moment and that speaks so much more than if they were like directly talking about the thing that it is that they're actually talking about. Um, Like I, I don't have a full thesis over what it means yet, but there's a bunch of things like this. And I feel like even the movie, the fact that he, he has been gone for 15 years and he comes back and there are like, things he's tucked away for himself. Like there's a moment when Alex Wolf goes to like a crematorium or a mausoleum or something to retrieve some stuff that Rob left for himself years ago. And I feel like the whole movie is like all of our memories are like these little lovely things that like we dig away, like we hide and then we can retrieve later if you just know where to look. And it, um, I, I just thought it was really, really beautiful. And I kept thinking about the movie Land, the Robin Penn movie that I hated. 
Just like, this is how you do that movie about the person overcome with grief that retreats into the wilderness. Yeah. <laughs> there was also a great moment where he talks to a kid about a persimmon tree. That was the first time that I was like, I think I'm getting a little emotional watching this movie. And and that's the thing, too, is like, I thought as that scene started to play out, I was like, okay, this is going to be like his grandson or something, right? Like, that's going to... It's just fucking kid on a stoop playing with his toy or whatever, right? And he just sits down and there's something like it goes back to like one of the things that I really, really, I, I have this, I mean, it, it can't like I'm, I'm form, formulating a sentence in my head and I'm realizing how stupid it is because there's a reason why this is kind of a trope um, that I haven't, I haven't, I've applied it to other things. And been like wowed by it. And now I'm realizing that it literally is a trope where have a child explain something and it'll be far more profound <laughs> than any mm-hmm. adult could ever explain it because their limited scope on what exists provides the context you need to like think about something appropriately. Um, but like I, I, in my head, I was thinking back to um, Swiss Army Man. And like mm-hmm. some of the moments of like literally this like corpse learning how to be alive and like a child learning how to like think about a world. And like, I, I don't know, it, it, it's once again, it's always a magic trick, but it, it just it makes conversations seem profound when a man towards the end of his life talks to a child at the beginning of his life about the simple pleasures of the existence of a tree on a property. Um, yeah. And it's like if that kid's mom came outside there would be a situation there, right? This weird... Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a bloody hunchback talking to her, her kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's going to be a problem. But, like, you're never... I mean, part of it was because I thought... I assumed that was... a Like, I assumed that his mother would come out and would be like, Dad, what are you doing here? Why is your face beat up? But, like, in the like, as I realized, like, wait, I don't think he's related to this kid. He's just talking to him. It, it's... It, like, I never felt... I was never worried, obviously. I, I just... I was just interested in what conversation was forming from the two of them. And, and yeah, I, I, I think it became all these moments are really, really interesting. And I think that there's, you know, there, there's intriguing elements that, that kind of play into what the underground cooking scene in Portland is. But like that was sort of just like set dressing for conversations that actually meant something. Um, and, you know, I, I, I really enjoyed the film, but I also was like, I don't think I'm supposed to care about John Wick with a pig. Yeah. I'm just waiting for the next conversation that makes me go like, dang, that's right. Interesting. You know, like, like I mean, I, I think again, a, uh, an aspect of the grief thing is like the lack of a resolution, you know, like you, you lose something and you feel like there has to be some meaningful moment that like, makes it all make sense or an action you can take that will turn it around. And I kind of think this movie like uh state like sleep uh, or other kind of neo-noir type movies too. It is using the, the mission is like a red herring kind of where the mission is the person thinking that they can control it or change it or fix something. Yeah. And then there's a release kind of in the movie then saying like, no, no, you can't. <laughs> um, and there's a moment in the movie where Nick Cage 
falls to the ground and is like wailing. Um, I mean, the, the audio cuts out, but I, I assume he's like screaming or yelling uh, as he cries. And there's just something about that scene. And then immediately after how the movie plays where it's like the stages of grief, it's like, here you go. This is your moment. Get it all out. Now, how do you live? You know? Um, and I just, I just thought like from then on the movie was just like, I was pretty much nonstop teary eyed until the credits rolled after that. Yeah. So do you think, I don't know if this even counts as a spoiler question because I don't think this was actually addressed in the, the uh, film at all. But why do you think he left society? Is it just a matter of he thinks he accomplished everything he needed to and now he was done just living for himself? Or is there an event? I think, I think the person that he lost caused him to retreat from society. And I don't know how that timing plays with the season of his life that the pig was raised in. Um, Because I don't know how old pigs can be. (laughs) Yeah. But I think think him living in the woods and retreating from society is directly tied to the grief aspect. Gotcha. And it was kind of like he lost his spark or his will to do all of those things. Or he didn't want to, like be scrutinized by people anymore he just wanted to go somewhere where he could be like alone with his sadness and do things that felt meaningful without having anyone intrude on him gotcha but again i don't know how old pigs can get and in the universe of the movie this would have been like 15 years which i feel like is old for a pig (laughs) i don't i don't know enough about pigs that's one thing they didn't get into in this film (laughs) yep Cool. Any any last things you want to talk about with this film, Stephen? Uh, Finway's. The restaurant was called Finway's. Or at least the chef was Chef Finway, and they only referred to it as Finway's. So that was the F word I was remembering. Maybe it was Finway's the U word. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe. It, I don't know where Wikipedia gets these ideas. But yeah, I don't know. I thought it was a beautiful film. I like Alex Wolf in it. Um I like uh, Adam Arkin, who's the dad, Alex Wolf's dad in the movie. Uh, obviously, Nick Cage, like definitely the best thing I've seen him do in a very long time. Um, yeah. yeah, it was just great. Great, quiet, beautiful little movie. Cool. Um, well, let's go ahead and get to our verdicts for the film then. Stephen, if you're going to give this a must-see, record the caveat, wait for rental pass with the caveat, or must avoid, what would you give it? Uh, this one I'm giving a must-see. I just thought it was, it does so much but so little. And like you said, it's a magic trick. It is like a a chef using simple ingredients that anybody could use and then preparing them in a non-fancy way. But somehow when you eat it, it's just like amazing. Like it does something and you don't know how. And when you try to explain it later, you don't have any fancy story like the story of the scallop or the deconstruction or emulsified whatever. It's just like, yeah, it... Then there was, you know, there was like a tart and there was mushrooms on it and there was cheese that was done right. And like, I cried. (laughs) And this movie, it just does that. It like, it just knows how to get you even without doing fancy flourishes or plot mechanics that 
should get you. And I, I really respect that. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a must-see from me as well. Um, yeah, I, I think for me, if you aren't fully vibing on it within 20 minutes, just give it time. I think it will, like, it'll slowly get its hooks in you until the final end where it yanks all those hooks and they are, all are connected to your heart. So, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah I, I, I highly recommend this film. <laughs> All right, so, well, I think that's going to do it for our review of Pig. Stephen Miller, people want to find you throughout the week. Where can they do that? Uh, people can find me at twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. But if you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so on Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning, facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning, or instagram.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com, or you can use the contact form on our site. The music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Pig, um, so hopefully you are enjoying that. And uh, yeah, that's this review. Uh, we'll be back next week with uh, another one. <laughs> Once again, didn't bother looking it up before we sat down to record. Um, but there'll be stuff coming out later. So, uh, hey, fingers crossed, A24 screening room, throw the Green Knight up there next week. Man, I, I believe in you. I, I didn't think sure I was going to get do. to see Pig, and then suddenly Pig was available, so you never know. Yeah, I really hope that they do throw up Green Room, or not the Green Room, <laughs> uh, the Green Knight, because uh, I am extremely excited for that one. Um, and uh, I don't know when I'm going to get to see it. Hopefully, it's not a 45 day window thing. Yeah. Green Room was also A24, so they've got a monopoly on the green movies. <laughs> um, all right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. <laughs> we'll see Bye. you next time. Bye.